Hi, I'm William Stone Greenhill. This is my co-host, Stan, special guest, Chrysler. Hello. So, we're talking about a character I didn't intend to be a very big or integral part of the story when I first wrote him in book three. I didn't intend for him to be an important player. And he's still not a particularly powerful character, but he has a... But he has an interesting side to the world that he shows us. Yes. Chrysler, can you tell us what you understand about Blade? Well, I know Blade is very, very rich, very snobby, and very self-centered. But as much as he puts on this persona of being the tough, rich, snobby person. Like Malfoy? I, like Malfoy, yes. I believe deep down he is a caring soul, but he believes that everyone's only interested in for money. I reckon they only see him as money and royal and... Well, William Tasha and Snow don't see him that no, way. No, no, no. They see him as a pain. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how they see him, which I suppose exactly. is the reason why Blade likes them, because... He, they treat him like he's a human, like like he's normal. Exactly. Now you tell me more about Blade, though. Like okay. I don't, I don't know too much about him. We, as, well, as you said, he is a he was perhaps his character. most important. I wasn't gonna do it too much of him, but an opportunity came up in book five, and I took it. Yeah. Basically, Blade is sort of an. He's sort of an idiot. He's introduced to us as he comes down to the Storyverse school and is, like, immediately acting above everyone. Yes. And yes. he immediately asks Tessa on a date. Oh, yeah, he does have very strong emotions with Tessa, doesn't he? Later yeah. down the line. Mm, he does have a bit, a bit of a crush, I'd say. Too late. It's too late. <laughs> he's stuck. He's stuck in that crush zone. Yes, he sort of is. But the more to the point, he doesn't develop that till later. When he first meets her, he just sees her as another powerful potential mate. Yes, yeah. That's pure born. Yeah, because he's very about pure, isn't he? That's probably is the bit that he shows us about the world. Blade shows us the old-fashioned parts of the world where people believe practitioners should rule everything. Yes. Where they should be in control. What it was like before temperance took her act. Yeah, that's how he was raised though, wasn't it? Actually, no. His father raised him to be a good, inclusive boy. Oh, okay. Okay. Because uh, in book five, we actually see his father, and we just read a bit about yeah. his father. So would you say he thinks his father, well, the way he was at the beginning, would you say he thinks his father is weak? Because he doesn't see the same way, the same values that he I has. would not say that. I would say that he sees his father as a money drill and as a weapon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he does love his daddy's money, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> and when it gets revoked against the end of book five, and by the way, he had it for a long time and <laughs> after doing a lot of sleazy things, but the drawing point was actually an integral part of the story that a lot of you might not be familiar with. Yeah, tell me about it. He threw a party in a historic Atlantean stadium. Oh, no. A big party. The story of this party of the century. He destroyed several priceless artifacts. He is actually, and this isn't in the books, but he would have drastically increased the pressure between Atlantis and the surface. Yeah. 
like Atlantean practitioners and surface practitioners so much that they even quote his party in book six where he even quote his party in book six where well Blade they say they quote him by name. Yeah. To say that he made he's the one that did the party. Yeah, right, right. When they're breaking into a museum next to the party. If that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Well, so it was a very historical party, wasn't it? It was historic, but it also disgraced previous history. Yeah, yeah. And that's what made Blade's dad finally get the final, serious. Yeah, the final cutoff. And he said if you don't pass a doctoral exam, which he knows he won't be able to do anyway, yeah. on his own anyway. So why does Blade need to be a doctor to get his father's approval well it's not his approval he's always had his approval oh, respect well it's he wants him to have this experience where he has to do the work yeah and he actually mount color didn't want him but it's all revealed in the scene in book five mm-hmm. mount color didn't want him but well Actually, I wonder if Abigail was at that party. Oh, she might have been. Or Amethyst. Right. You know Tess's mum? I do, I do. <laughs> might have been. Quite possibly, if you know. Cool. Would have been an interesting theory, wouldn't it? Yeah. But why would Blade throw that big party, though? Because he's a spoiled brat and he wants to use his father's money to do... And his and father cool. did sort of have the rights to the stadium, which is why his company would have made such a net loss after Blade did that. Mm. So his father took a pretty big hit because of his party. Exactly. Yeah. So he decided to pass, well, try to pass the doctoral exam with William. Exactly. Do they get to choose partners? Because they William, do, yes. William is really good at study. Yes, but... To be fair, Mr. Woodling offered him any salary, but he yeah. didn't take any salary. Okay, okay. He offered him any salary salary he chose to be Blaine's partner. Oh, right, right. Well, William's not that sort of person that could be bought, though. No. But he eventually helps Blade, doesn't he? He does, and, well, there's actually a scene in Book 6 that takes place during the time where they're in one book six, in entering stories in, when Blade, which actually shows William and Blade tracking down Green Hill ancestors. Yeah, which is part of the doctoral, isn't it? Well, it's what they do for the doctoral. Let's go over the doctoral exam's history. Okay, tell me more about this doctoral exam. So, the starters. The starters, the doctoral exam. It really, really, it's a grueling one-year process where you have to do this massive big project. Mm-hmm. It could be anything from a family tree to a book to a, well, to a history book to a, to pretty much anything about your topic. It could be a paper, it could be a, Artifact, it could be anything, yeah. but it has to be mind-blowing. Yes. 
Because they don't just let anyone be a doctor in the story of this. That is true. They don't just let anyone be a story verse doctor. Mm-hmm. And well, story verse doctors, they are the top legion. And as explained in the book that's not out yet, they've got some rather unique powers. Right, right. That it does make sense. <gasps> so, in order to. So what is a doctoral? Maybe we should go back to Blade for a minute. Yeah. So do you have any questions about the character, maybe from Book 8? Does he ever become humble? Well, you very well might. I never intended the character to go that way, but it might be heading that way. Yes, because, well, as you said, with his growing feelings for Tessa, she might, she might want someone a bit more humble. <laughs> yes, and... But he is also becoming out of his shell because he has found true friends that actually like him. Well, he not, hasn't done that yet. Well, he's getting there. Will, he's getting there. He's obviously seen that Will has has his interest in heart, which is better than because he's – does he know about the money his father offered William? He does, yes. He's had it right in front of him. And he knows William declined. He knows William declined. Yes. So that's probably a big incentive to – Blade to show him that William's not with him for money. Exactly, but I think he likes people. On, I honestly think he likes people liking him for money because he that gives him control. That is true. But well, he has a very humbling experience where Temperance actually slams him for being a racist. Yeah. Against uh. And he race. like he worships. People like temperance because they're the epitome of pure power. Redness yeah, power, and power. power. Exactly. Yeah. And well, so getting a lecture like that from one of his heroes, I'd say, would be quite a turn, wouldn't it? And he actually thinks to himself a very humbling thought once temperance says that. Yeah. And well. And, well, something even more humbling happens. There's this plot to get the rings of everything that is in the carnival. Okay. By the Lady Aquila, who's uh, the main villain of Book 8. Well, if you don't count, Ramona is the main villain. And, well, if you're plenty of you have been purchasing Storyverse from the Green Hills Memory, I don't blame you, it's a great book. But all I'm saying is... Blade, he was in there when the basically the lights all go out. There's no light whatsoever. There's a barrier of silence, the same one that kept the entire colony of Aquana all out, like the royal guards. The girl they reached was a space warship. Yeah. And well, it's a dangerous. It's a dangerous, dangerous place and blades in there and somehow he survives. And he comes out, he's rescued but they get a space ship, and basically they 
basically they're just like in horror and in shock and in fear. And it's like absolutely humble in that moment. And it's like in a blanket like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's just so happy to be alive because there were insects crawling everywhere and there were pit traps where it, if like if you're running away from the insects and you step on the wrong spot, yeah, a portal opens up and if you move an inch, you drop down. Yeah, exactly. And that would have been terrible terrible for uh, our little rich pretty boy, wouldn't it? Yes, it would have been. Well, I can imagine him screaming, Ew the bugs, the bugs. They're a lot more dangerous than average bugs. <laughs> Well, obviously, they would be. If they're in Storyverse, they would be really dangerous, wouldn't they? They're probably... They are super, super dangerous. That's not good. If that makes sense. They're actually some of the most dangerous bugs out there. They'd be the most dangerous bugs they've encountered so far. Mm-hmm. Not that they've encountered many bugs. That's true, yeah. This isn't Harry Potter. <laughs> Not follow the follow the spiders. Not follow the spiders. <laughs> a lot more deadly than those spiders. But oh, Blade yeah. made it out alive. But Tessa, she uses the primordial power Moonstone. Yeah. And she crushes it in her hand and basically blasts the entire thing away, bringing anyone who didn't fall for those pit traps back to life. Oh right, yep. Yeah. But the main characters, they just decide to go out for a midnight walk when the thing freaking fires. Oh, no. And well, the spaceborns that are with them that have the spaceborn ship to get in there mm-hmm. parked it all the way, all the way in the other side of the mountain, which is, and well, Flint, the dumb spaceborn that takes Liam's memory, he forgets that he's got a buzzer to summon his face watch it to him the entire time. Aww, that would have been helpful. Very helpful. If that makes sense. So what? Did Blade ever get his money back from his father? He might do in a coming book. Oh. But not unless he grows up. And it's likely going to just be on a trial basis to start with. Yep. Well, that's good in a way. At least he gets some of his money back. I don't know how he's gone a year without it. Must have been... He had to work in a coffee shop. Oh, must have been terrible for Blade. Yeah. If you're looking for... If you're looking for a book... If you're looking for what happens in year five where they're doing the doctoral exam, Mm. try book... I think it's... Try entering stories in 1901 where you actually get to see in chapter 13, William and Blade, where they're going back in time to record Green Hill Ancestors. Yeah. Cool? Very cool. And well, I'm reading it now. And basically they encounter this human kid from the time. Okay. And they, well, they're... And Blade is all talk, 
Well, I think from memory, I think from memory, William talks to him, nerd to nerd, to get him to understand why he can't change things. Uh-huh. And he uses some evasive questioning like, we're all time travellers. We're travelling through time at a rate of one second per second. Oh, jeez. <laughs> funny? Which is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Anyway, is there anything you really want to know about, Blade? What's his hopes for the future? He just wants to mooch off his father's money forever, but I've got plans for his end. Yeah. And it's going to be after the book series is over, and it involves a pretty big spoiler that I'm going to wait till Storyverse is a bit more out there okay. to do. But basically, if Blade ends up. But basically. Never mind, I'm not going to say. Yeah, we don't want to spoil too much for our fans. I know. I know, it's so hard not to, isn't it? Chrysler, do you think there'll be doctors? Uh, Hard to say. I know William definitely will be. So really depends. But here's a question. If they both become doctors, will William and Blade, will they wind up, will Blade's doctor... Doctor will be retracted if he misbehaves. That's true. Because without his father's money, that would be the one thing he adds to his name because there are lots of authors in the modern era with the same skills that are a lot more powerful than he is. And it's not likely to get a very good job, even though his father's trying to prepare him. Mm-hmm. But that's what Storyverse is. It prepares you to get a job in Storyverse and, more importantly, to defend yourself against some of the monsters that you might encounter. Yeah. As I would say, Storyverse graduates would be one of the elite Storyverse of the Storyverse being, of the fictional beings. Not only, it's not just that they're trained in a world where you can be really powerful, so they're trained in a war. They're trained really well. In like their second, as always, their second year, they're in in the Angel Academy. They're trained in combat. They're trained in sword combat. They're trained in. They're trained to identify monsters and stuff. Yeah. And well, they're basically trained to master their powers. Not only their powers, but Basically, they're like spe- they're better trained than most special agents, if that makes sense. It does. They're better trained than most special agents. I wonder if uh, Blade will become a good leader. That might be something he's good at. He's got a very strong, if even personality, even. Because something that happens in book eight as well, he can't stand Sessa being the center of attention. Yeah. So, well, there's this practitioner, story pirate, as they're called. And while Blade is going to try to attack her, 
Tess has just dealt with her, and well, Blade is stupid enough to attack her. So I have to blow open her cage mm-hmm. so she can attack his kid so he can get a shot at her. Yeah. And basically she uses the perverted energy she's still drawing from yeah. to beat him up and try to force him to, well, go away. All right. So okay. Tessa has to use Stroyver's energy to guide a sword into this woman. Yeah. So that she'll let Blade go. Okay. Right? That's interesting. And she survives because while while Storyclara is feeding up perverted energy, they're pretty much invincible. All right, yeah. But it both shows how arrogant and foolish Blade is and basically how dangerous he can be and just how dangerous Storyclara Casting me in the wrong hand, and how much he wants to impress or surpass people like Tessa, William, and Snow. Yes. So, should we start wrapping up? What are your final thoughts? Oh, my final thoughts is I reckon, even though he was an underrated character, I believe Blade has grown into his own. And I really am looking forward to see what the future holds for him. Yeah, he's an interesting person to work with, to my surprise. Surprisingly, yes. Well, it's good to have an arrogant person in the story sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, maybe I'll introduce an arrogant, powerful person. Oh, that would be even better. Cool. Yeah, sounds good to me. Because, well, thank yeah, you. Thank you for last thoughts. Hmm? Blade is powerful simply because he's an author. Yes. Not because of himself. Yeah, that's true. I'll see you next time, but for now, something to tide you over. Blade is one of the strong believers in StoryCast, that practitioners should only fight a StoryCast, not with their own skills. Mm-hmm. And he honestly believes that, that, that he, he honestly will just sit there and take punishment just so he doesn't have to, just... Just so, because he can't use Storycast, means he's fighting without Storycast is beneath him. That is true. Yes, he does see it like that, doesn't he? Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. We very much appreciate it, and we'll see you next time.